stopping us right now And there's no stopping us right now And there's no stopping us right now Oh, yeah, baby. There is no stopping us right now because you are tuned in to America's Positive Radio Talk Show. David Essel in the box with you celebrating 22 years on the air. We are damn proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. Welcome aboard. What a show. Talking about we're unstoppable. There's no stopping us right now. We have the most amazing lineup of motivational authors today. I can't wait to get to it. It's absolutely stunning to see what... April Leary, who books our show, did for us today. Just amazing. Broadcasting as we do every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. XM Satellite Radio 168. If you do not have, or your friends, obviously you have 168 because you're listening to us right now. If your friends do not, they can also tune in. Listen to the show streaming worldwide at talkdavid.com. Our toll-free number, 1-800-548-8255, 548-8255. It's all about limitless thinking and limitless living. I'm going to tell you who the guests are in just a moment. Today, also, a couple big topics in the first half hour we're going to cover. Is it time for a, a resurrection in your life? Of course, you know, millions of Christians will celebrate Easter tomorrow. And what about you? Is it time to rise from the dead, to rise from a life that is not serving you? We're going to give you some tips on how to do that. Oh, we have this email that came in. I'll be answering Lindsey Vaughn, Tiger Woods dating each other. Is it going to work? All the experts are saying no, but they don't know what I know. Is beating Marquette. They're going to get to the final four. They had that huge upset over Indiana the other day. Motivational, inspirational authors. Bob Berg, author of the book, The Go-Giver. It's a powerful parable about how to be incredibly successful in business And it may not be what you think it's going to be. Lisa Jimenez, the author of Conquer Fear, whatever you're afraid of, love. Are you afraid of really having a rockin' body? Yeah, some people are afraid of that. Are you afraid of getting out of debt? Some people are. Are you afraid of living without addiction? Lisa's going to help us conquer our fear. Uh, Coming on also, Gabe Cordell and Lisa France. Gabe is the guy who's wheelchairing across America to prove to people that if you get fit, your brain will allow you to go after your biggest goals. Gabe's doing that. We're going to be talking to them again, and I hope that we'll be able to talk to them almost every Saturday. Bossinger, author of the book, Get Out of Neutral, How to Manifest the Life You Desire, How to Create the Life You Want. Maybe not the one you got, but the one you want. So we have so many great guests coming on today to share inspirational messages to help you rise above. And I want to talk about that. The rise, you know, many of us are living a very dead life. It's not exciting. It's not passionate. You may have zero love life or you might have a love life that feels like you have zero. You might have a body that you're just disgusted with. Maybe habits you're disgusted with. It could be just this great struggle with debt. And so many of us stay in this dead-like state. And this isn't judgment. It's just the facts, right? How do we rise out of that? How do we, looking at Easter tomorrow, the resurrection, how do we rise out of our own dead life into one that is incredibly powerful, impactful, joyful, successful? How do we do that? Well, number one, I'm going to tell you, if you have friends 
that are stuck in life right now, jot this down. Because if they can't listen to the show live, we encourage everyone, of course, to be live. But if you can't, go to iTunes.com slash David Essel Alive. And all of the shows are there. And tonight's show, which is really packed, all about resurrecting our lives from the dead life that sometimes we live, will be there. You can also go to talkdavid.com to listen to these iPods. So check that out, number one. Number two, choose one area of your life to work on at a time. Don't make the mistake of going, you know, I'm going to do a little bit with my, my money situation and a little bit with my weight and a little bit with my love life. Don't ever fall victim You cannot resurrect your life if you're going after more than one major goal at a time. So what area of your life right now have you denied, delayed, procrastinated, working on? That's the only one you need to go after. Write it down right now. It shouldn't take much much, much thought process to figure out which that is. It's the one that you don't want to do anything with. That's the area that we need to attack first. Next, set a plan of action in writing of what you'll do. could be as little as 20 minutes a day, five days a week to help that one area of your life rise from the dead, to become powerful again. But we're going to have to walk into the uncomfortable. How many times have we said this on the show? Many of our guests say the same thing, is that in the beginning, when you're trying to create a life that is magical, that is powerful, that is wonderful, there's a lot of effort to be put into it. And it's daily, consistent, not just weekends, not just every Wednesday night, but it has to be done on a daily basis to have a dramatic change. Next, ask for help. If you don't know how to get out of your mess with debt or your weight or your addiction or your resentments against your partner, go get help. Get professional help from a therapist, a counselor, a life coach, a minister, but get help. And then decide today. Just like millions of people before you and I have done, decide today that this is the moment you're going to make the change. Don't wait and say, okay, you know what? It's Easter weekend. I'll wait till Monday. Nonsense. People who make radical life changes would listen to a show like this. They'll nod their head and they'll go, you know what? Yes, tonight I'm not going to drink. Tonight, I'm going to pay those bills. Tonight, I'm, I'm going to do it tonight. Tonight, I'm going to take this. You know, as a matter of fact, later on, I'm going to tell you how you can listen to the show on your iPhone, smartphone, Android. I'm going to take this show out and walk. I hate to walk. I'll listen to this motivational show while I walk. I'll download the iPod from, from the iPodcast from the show from the website. And I'll walk listening to inspirational messages. What better way to do it, right? But don't wait till tomorrow. Start right now, 1-800-548-8255. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to open the phone lines. If you're stuck, we're going to offer you a free coaching session right now. If you're stuck in life, if there's a block, if you're on the fence with your love life, your career, your health, your weight and addiction, maybe your spiritual path, maybe you want to write a book and you don't know why you've never started, call me, one 800 Free coaching sessions right now on the air. We're going to open this up just for a little bit here before we get to our guests. If you want to talk, if you got something on your mind, if there's a goal that you want to accomplish that you haven't yet, take advantage of this free coaching session on the air. 1-800-548-8255. Um, okay, Lindsey Vaughn. Tiger Woods. So here's the question. Um, you, uh, let's see. So you deal with celebrities in the world of relationships. Uh, what is your take on Tiger and Lindsey Vaughn? Can they make it? Okay. Here's something interesting. If you look at 
everything from People Magazine to the USA Today to on and on and on about the quote-unquote experts saying that there's a slim to none chance that this couple can make it. I'm going to tell you that that's all negative thought. That's all negative thinking. And I'm going to give you the reality right now. If Tiger, and he could have, if he learned just one or two major points about his addiction to attention, to sex, to whatever he was working on in his recovery center, this can be a chance for him to use that information in a new relationship versus trying to use it in his ex with his ex-wife in that relationship. And it might be exactly what he needs to apply the principles to see what it's like to live honestly. So that's number one. I think this could be a great chance for Tiger Woods. Number two, if Lindsay did the same thing, if she worked with a counselor or a therapist and, and tried to figure out where did she go wrong in her marriage to her former husband, then bingo! If she can apply that with Tiger, listen to this. They have a 50% chance of success. They have a 50% chance of success. And you know what, ladies and gentlemen? That's the same damn success rate with the average person. Oh, my Lord. I think they've got a good chance of making it if they apply what they know. If they learn from their counseling. 1-800-548-8255. Call me. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. I am David Essel. TalkDavid.com is the website. Stay right there. You're tuned in to David Essel Live Positive Talk Radio, 1-800-548-8255, 1-800-548-8255. David Essel in the box with you every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Uh, yeah, uh, here's, a, here's a response in to my open about Lindsey Vaughn and Tiger Woods uh, dating. Or could they be successful? Uh, I agree with you, oh my. The only downside is the fact that the press will print all kinds of gossip about each of them. Uh, you are right. If they learn from the past, they can do it. Yes, and that is a great point. The biggest difference, probably, between celebrities like Tiger and Lindsay and the average couple, 50% chance of being successful in a marriage or in a relationship even, would be the fact that they are going to be outed for everything that they do, think, and say, right? And so if the partner is strong enough to be able to read things about the other in the press and ask if it's true, not assume it could be I do think that they have a good chance. Now, the reason I say this about these two is especially for Tiger because he had to go through such public humiliation that put him into a treatment center. And unless he was unbelievably stubborn and chose not to learn a damn thing, the odds are he could have learned something there and implying it now. 1-800-548-8255. If you have a question, if you have a thought, if you're on the fence in life and you're saying, what do I do with this decision? What do I do with that decision? Take advantage right now. I'm going to get to all of your emails, I promise you, as many as we can anyway. But if you want to talk to me one-on-one and and just cut right to the chase, call me. 1-800-548-8255. 1-800-548-TALK and we will chat. Uh, this is a cute one. Uh, talking about basketball, of course, on your show 
Uh, you mentioned you love this time of year with March basketball madness. Our son is five foot eight, fifteen years old, is nuts about basketball, plays on his JV high school team. He wants to play at the college level. We're not so sure if we should help feed his dream or be more realistic. Well, first of all, let me share this with you. There are guys playing in the pro that were three to four to five inches shorter than your son, and they went all the way to play pro ball. Muggsy Bogues, Spider Webb, a bunch of other guys as well. Okay, so I would not say that five foot eight. He's fifteen years old. He could still grow several inches as well. But let's say he doesn't. Five foot eight. Yes, you can play at the college level if you're that good. Remember, there's Division One, Two, II, and Three as well. Doesn't just have to play at the Division One level. Um, but number one, let me tell you what I would do if I were you as parents. I would get your their, his coach's input on what he needs to work on. I would look at camps and leagues outside of the high school season and get him lined up with as many as you possibly can. Uh, I would absolutely feed his dream, but not at the expense of his schoolwork, his chores at home. In other words, you don't want to enable him and create a little basketball princess that feels he doesn't have to be uh, responsible for his grades or chores around the house. You've got to keep that balance there, baby. You know, you don't want life to slide by, uh, but you do. I, if someone has a dream, if they want to be an artist, a musician, a basketball player at 15, and they know that that's what they want, oh, my Lord, support it. 1-800-548-8255. Uh, this is interesting. How do you teach someone to kiss? You know, I have worked with singles in my office who replicate this person's email to me, and it is a challenge, gang. I'll finish it. Uh, I started dating a great guy. I'm 30. He's 39, but he cannot kiss, and it's becoming an issue. What do I do? And this is challenging. Absolutely, it's challenging. You know, Number one is that I would Google videos on kissing. I would, if I were you, since you seem to know how to kiss and he doesn't, I would Google videos and watch them until you find something that you think is a good explanation of what you want him to do. Number two, when you find something, don't give it to him right away, but talk to him with compassion, understanding, and love. Be honest, but with love. Say, listen, you know what, honey? I, I just think our relationship is really fun and it's been great getting to know you, but I would really love to talk about the way we kiss. And uh, I don't know if I might be a little aggressive or assertive, and I'd like you to do the same. So would you be willing to talk openly about this? In other words, I would present it. I would not tell him, but I would present it and ask the question. See, Feel him out. See, see if he's open to learning. Um, if he says that he's open to learning, then watch the videos together. And if you need to direct him, if you need to lead him, then show him, but ask him first. You know, the worst thing in the world is to beat down a woman or a man's ego that says, you know, I have to tell you something. You don't really kiss really well at all, so I'm going to show you how to. Like, that would be devastating to a man or a woman. So go in the direction of asking the question. Would you mind if I showed you? Would you be open to this? Would you be open to that? Get their approval. Because if they run and say, no, there's no way in the world, I'm fine. You must want something that I'm not going to give. If they get really defensive, you know, they could run fast. Give them a chance to open up to it. 1-800-548-8255. Great questions, though. I love the questions that this audience asks every week. They're fantastic. 800 548 8255 every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. We are here for you to help you to move into an awesome, 
awesome experience in your life. Let's go to Texas. Richard, you're on with David Essel. David, how are you today? I just tuned in, and I heard you saying something about the kids following their dreams and all this. I'm a prime example. I grew up very poor, living and working on ranches. I'm 56 now. I've been blessed with a farm and a ranch and a small construction business. A lot of hard work, a lot of 15, 18-hour days, eight days a week kind of thing. But I wanted to pass on to you, you don't hear enough about it anymore nowadays, and we get a hard time for it. But I had spoken to a little school. They had me for a career day, and the kids asked me about me. and So I told them, uh, you don't get there, though, without... uh, believing in God and Jesus or whoever you pray to, you know, there, there's a superior being. And I just wanted to pass that along. Um, I've got a Muslim friend, and like he told me, he said, hey, you call him God or Jesus, I call him Allah. It's all the same thing. So I just wanted to pass that along, respect everybody, everybody's religion. But the prayers I yeah. prayed as a small kid, poor kid, have been being answered for the last 20 years, like you can't believe. And you you got to work hard at it, but but God yeah. will bless you. I, I just wanted to say well, that Richard, on. I'm I'm glad you did, Richard. You know, having faith in something greater than ourselves is what such a huge percentage of successful athletes will tell you. Business people like yourselves, people who who have very successful marriages, often will say, you know, during the tough times. During the times I felt like backing down or we got hit with all these challenges with the business or the recession or whatever it is, is that we turn to faith as well as hard work in order to make it through. Richard, I think it's an awesome point. You know, David, it's kind of like this. Um, you have to remember that um, those those times of hard times, it's just the Lord or whoever it is you pray to. It's just him seeing how bad you really want it. I mean, if it was easy... Everybody would get there. So that, that, that's what it's all about. It's just, it's just him testing you to see if you're worthy, because when he does believe in you, he will give you things to do. Um, I, I could tell you a little yeah. bit about that, too, but that's another story for another time. But he does choose people to do things for him, and, and yeah. I've been blessed enough to know that. You don't find me in church every weekend, but uh, I, I do see miracles at the farm and ranch, and uh, mm. I, I, mm. I just... I just wanted to pass that along. Doesn't matter who they pray to. It's uh, but 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 yeah. somebody's responsible, and it's, it just didn't happen. I love it, Richard. I am so glad that you took the time to call. Thank you a ton. God bless you, David. Thank you, sir. God bless you, my man. Amen. One eight hundred five four eight eight two five five. I will, I'm going to tell you something. Richard's got an amazing point there. You know, and and sometimes when we look at blocks. The blocks are there specifically to maybe ask us to be humble and in our humility to ask for help, to know we don't have to do it alone. Successful people will all say to you they've had mentors, coaches, teachers, trainers to help them get to the next level. Michael Jordan, I remember one time in an interview, said I never would have done this by myself. I had to have all of these things around me, people. And as Richard said, having a great faith in something greater than yourself. And I like how he said, no matter what name you give it, amen to that. 1-800-548-8255. At any time in life, you can turn it all around, gang. We've been spreading this message for 22 years on the air. We're going to continue to spread it. David Essel in the box with you. More information at talkdavid.com. I'm so glad you're here. Stay tuned. Bob Berg's coming up. We're going to rock it. Stay right there. Rock 
rocking across the USA every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific, out of Studio E in Los Angeles, California. You are tuned in to David Essel Alive, XM 168, proud to be part of the Premier Radio Network. 800-548-8255, celebrating 22 years of bringing the positive message and amazing guests like that. Guests coming up in just a couple minutes, Bob Berg, incredible stories about success, in Bob's instance, it's going to be about business success and how you can do maybe life a little differently from a business perspective to get what you want. And that's what we're so proud to offer you every Saturday. Some of the most amazing guests in America and the world that are available in regards to life transformation. And don't forget, if you miss segments of the show or if you have friends that want to hear this type of a message and you talk to them afterwards, you say, oh, my Lord, you got to listen to David and Bob Berg talk about this. Just go to iTunes, itunes.com slash David Essel Alive. Hundreds upon hundreds of our shows right there. Absolutely free. 800-548-8255. So let me bring Bob on. Bob Berg, motivational speaker, author of four books. The one we're going to talk about today is The Go-Giver. A little story about a powerful business idea. Bob, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Now, when did you decide to get into this world of inspiration, motivation? Did you know when you were a kid that you wanted to write and do all this work that you're doing now, Bob? Um, no. And, you know, I, I never really consider myself a motivational speaker. I think I'm more of an informational speaker because I really don't get up there and say, rah, rah, sis, boom, bah, you guys can do it, you know, and so forth. Uh, there are a lot of people who do that. They're great at it. I mean, they're wonderful. I love listening to them. But I'm not sure I could do it. If I tried to do that, I'd end up more like Chris Farley and living in a van down by the river. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, I so love forth. it. But, um, no, I wanted to be a um, uh, on television and radio when I was younger. And, you know, I was that guy who who sort of announced to myself all the basketball games and baseball games and was a pain. And, you know, while I was playing basketball with my friends, I was announcing sure. the game as I was doing it. And That's actually great. did end up being a, a, a sportscaster and a, uh, a television news anchor for a small ABC affiliate in the Midwest for a couple of years. Uh, but I was really horrible. <laughs> so that didn't <laughs> last too long. And what was the transition? What was it that inspired you to say, I'm going to write and I'm going to do this type of work? That's because well, that's quite different in many ways. I like ways. to say I graduated into sales, David. Uh, the problem was I knew nothing about sales, uh, so I started reading books on it. Now, this is 30 years ago, and the books back sure. then, to, uh, Tom Hopkins, How to Master the Art of Selling, uh, Zig Ziglar's books, and I started learning from them, and in, in a very short period of time, my sales went through the roof, and, and I was doing very well at it, and I realized something, that sales was about personal development more than anything else, because you had to improve on the inside before it could manifest on the outside. So I started, you know, get, that's when I, I found uh, Think and Grow Rich and, and How to Win Friends and Influence People and Magic of Thinking Big and all the great classic books that, that you know, so, so many of us have read. Uh, Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Max sure. Waltz. And I, I just began making studies of this, and I found as I grew on the inside, I, I grew on the outside, and I loved teaching it. So it, it was always, a, you know, a fun thing. So it ended up being sort of a natural transition. Four, all four books have sold over 250,000 copies each. That's pretty damn impressive, Bob. Well, thanks. I've had some clunkers, too, though. I mean, I've had, I, I've probably written, I guess, I think eight books. Some have sold okay. Some have just been total bombs. And then four have done really, really well, especially the yeah. go-giver is just, you know, continues to sell. And so it's not as though, and I think it's always important for people to know that, uh, you know, that I've had, hey, I've had a lot of, um, 
losses, not just wins. Sure, <laughs> and I, sure. And I think yeah. that's part of it. You know, my, my good friends, Andrea uh, Fenton, uh, Andrea Waltz, rather, and Richard Fenton, they have a, a great book called Go for No. And mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. message uh, that they have. They say, yes is the destination, no is how you get there. Right and on. I, I think it's important, and I heard you talking earlier before we went on, about being able to you know, do the same thing, take your lumps, keep going, get past these, these things. And, and that's, so, that's so important. I don't know anybody out there who's reached any kind of level of success that hasn't gotten knocked on their rear end and, and gotten back up again. Right. Yeah, it's 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 part of the process and yet when we're when many people are walking the process and let's say they they're listening to this interview and they're going, "Oh my lord, I want to have one of my books sell 250,000." They will totally dish the the statement you made that, you know, four of your books may not have done that well, although four have done exceptionally well. And if their first book doesn't take off, they can get totally demoralized, and that's not the point, is it? And that's the sad part. The sad part is is thinking that you're the only one that goes through this. And I, and I right. think that happens because we we always hear the success stories. And, and that's great uh-huh. because success stories are very important. But I think it's also very important that within the success stories it is they're they're qualified by talking about the defeats and talking about the frustration and talking about you know that these things really do happen. Uh, and, and to understand that as long as you remember the book, uh, uh, the road less traveled by, by Scott Peck and what was the first sentence he started out with? Life is difficult. Now that, that's sort of politically incorrect to say, because we're supposed to say, Oh no, no, just think good thoughts and blah, blah, blah. Mm. You know what? Life is difficult. And, but as, as long as we know this and we understand that context, now we're in a position to be able to deal with those kind of yucky things that happen and and approach it in a positive way. You take the title of this book, The Go-Giver, and obviously there's a play here. Um, When we think of people being successful in business, Bob, and one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show is because I just love this parable, that, that it's the people that are out there that are trying to get something, Right. They're 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 trying like they're they have a goal of X amount of dollars per year. And so they stay focused on the goal. But but you're talking about coming from a different angle with the go giver. Explain to us. Well, I think you said it perfectly. It's the angle. It's, it's I call it the focus. And the, the entire premise of the of the parable of the story is that shifting one's focus. And that's the key, the focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving, what we're talking about really is simply constantly and consistently providing value to others, understanding that that is a very financially profitable way to do business, so long as it comes from the heart. Now, here's the thing. In a free market-based economy, the only way someone is going to purchase from you is because they feel they're getting value from the transaction. And that's how it should be. That's fine. And so what we need to do is shift from, uh, you know, shift from an I focus or a me focus to an other focus. Put that prospects or customers needs first because it's about them, not about us, which is why we say, John David Mann, my excellent co-author, uh, and I, that's why we say that money is simply an echo of value. It's the thunder to values lightning. It just means that, you, that the focus needs to be on the value, and the money is simply a direct and natural result of the value you provide. 
And this can be in any business. We're talking about any business. We're, we're not just talking about, about like a, you know, a service business where that uh, a waitress or a waiter listening to the show right now goes in and goes, oh, okay, I'm going to serve them at a, my clients or my customers at a higher level. You're talking about applying this to any business whatsoever. Oh, yeah. Well, look at an accountant. Uh, and, and, you know, it's understanding the difference between price and value. Price is a dollar amount or, or a dollar figure. It's finite. Value is the relative worth or desirability of a thing to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, that brings with it so much worth or value that someone will willingly exchange their money uh, for this? And be right. ecstatic that they did. And let's say you hire an accountant, David, to do your taxes. He charges you a thousand dollars. That's his price. Fee or his price. But what does mm-hmm. he give you in terms of value in return? Well, he give he saves you uh, five thousand dollars in your taxes. He saves you right. lots of time and. Mm-hmm. He provides you with the security and the peace of mind of knowing it was done correctly. So what Bob, I have to I, Bob, I've got to interrupt you. I just before you said that, I wrote down sense of security. Ah, ah, yeah. And so right that's no, and that's conceptual value. So you see that value can be both concrete and conceptual, and often the conceptual is the more important one. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that you said that because we now are being attracted to this person, not just for getting the taxes done on time, but for all those things that you mentioned. And that would be that that accountant coming from a go-giver. They must be doing something along the lines of being a go-giver. Yeah, and you know what's interesting, too, because when we talk about go-giver, yeah, it's a play on words on go-getter, but but a go-giver and a go-getter are not opposites. We love go-getters because, you know, as you teach, you've got to take action. You had said something a little earlier, uh, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intention, right? You can have the best intention in the world, the best thoughts, the best ideas, but unless action's put into the mix, nothing's going to happen. So we love go-getters. We like people to be go-getters and go-givers, but not go-takers, because go-takers are the people who their entire focus is on take, take, take. It's not on providing value to others. My guest right now, Bob Berg, author of a number of books. The big one we're talking about today, The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Bob's going to come back in a moment. We're going to go to a quick break. Visit Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com, B-U-R-G.com to find out more about Bob. When we come back, we're going to talk more about this whole go-giver idea and what businesses out there today are doing this type of work. And one I'm going to throw out there for Bob to think about during the break is Panera, talking about in some of their food stores, their cafes, pay what you can. Is that an example? We'll find out from Bob when we come back. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio talk show, David Essel Alive. 22 years of giving you information to radically change your life. More on us, talkdavid.com. Stay Right there. It's not a choice I tried to make. It's not a thought I couldn't take. Something told me it was time to give you yours and leave me mine. A vision started to be You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Show. David Essel live every Saturday, 6 to 9 Eastern, 3 to 6 Pacific. Hey, and for all of you Syracuse Orange fans out there, just got the word from 
uh, Will Wilkerson, the XM producer in the studio here, that we did win. My alma mater, Syracuse, did beat Marquette 55-39. We're in the Final Four, gang. Very excited to share that news. Uh, with me right now is my guest, Bob Berg, author of the book, The Go-Giver, a little story about a powerful business idea. Hey, Bob, I, just before the break, I was talking about Panera, um, the, 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 break, the, the cafe, bakery, bread place, that they have certain stores around the country that say, pay what you can. Is that an example of what you're talking about with a go-giver? Uh, no, not really. That, that's not really part of the model. I mean, it's it's fine for them to test it and see what what happens with that. Um, but yeah. It's a very difficult model, I would imagine, to make work, and it it really has nothing to do with um, you know with the five laws of of uh, of the go giver. But I, I certainly you know they have a very uh, they have great food, and I certainly enjoy uh, eating at my local Panera. Right. right. Give us an example of these five laws that you just mentioned. Well, the first one's the law of value, uh, which we were just talking about, and and that's simply providing more in what we would call use value than what you take in payment. So, in other words, like the accountant we were talking about gave you so much more in use value uh, that you feel great. You he saved you five thousand dollars. He gave you peace of mind and security. Uh, he focused on making you happy and your buying experience happy. And so, although you paid him a thousand dollars, you feel as though you got much more in value than what you paid. Right. But he also made a very healthy profit, which he should. And that's you know that's that's the basic model in those terms. Uh, law number two is the law of compensation. This simply says that your income is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. So uh, where law number one says to give more in value than you take in payment, law number two tells us that the more people, David, whose lives you add this kind of exceptional value to, the more money with which you'll be rewarded. One of the mentors in the story, Nicole, uh, the CEO, tells uh, Joe, the, the main protege, that law number one, the law of value, that represents your potential potential income. But law number mm-hmm. two, the number of people whose lives you impact with that exceptional value, that equals your actual income. So you can't just provide okay. great value to one person. You've got to touch right. many lives. Right. Law number three is the law of influence. And this one says your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. Now, we no, we don't mean this that you should be a martyr or self-sacrificial or anybody's doormat. It simply means right. that, as Joe learns in the story, uh, that the, the uh, golden rule of business says all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to those people they know, like, and trust. And there's no faster, more powerful, more effective way to elicit those those feelings than by genuinely stepping outside yourself and focusing, again, going back to something you teach so expertly, focusing on providing value to another person. Uh, gotcha. Law number four is the law of authenticity. The most valuable gift you have mm. to offer is yourself. Deborah Davenport, one of the mentors, uh, explains that she learned a very important lesson early in her career that all the skills in the world, the sales skills, technical skills, people skills, as important as they are, and they are very important, they're all for naught if you don't come across, if you don't come at it from your true, authentic core. Right. Right. And then law number five is the law of receptivity. This says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. You know, we it, hmm. uh, the main mentor, Pindar, asked his protege, Joe, late in the story, to breathe out and hold that breath to 30 without breathing in. But Joe can't do it. Why? 
because you can't just breathe out. You've also got to yeah. breathe in. And so many people think that giving and receiving are opposites. They're not. They're mm. simply two sides of the very same coin, and mm. you've got to do both. The key goes back to focus. Focus on the giving. And again, when we say giving, we mean creating value for others. Focus on the giving and allow the receiving. And as our mutual friend Randy Gage talks about, you know, if we're giving value and we're not allowing ourselves to receive, there's probably some mind viruses going on in there that's keeping right. us from that's keeping us from yeah. doing that. And, you know, you say something really important, this receiving thing. A lot of people, I, I mean, we well, in our work, we call them codependents, you know, that they feel that they're here to help people, save people. They're here to do for others. You mentioned the word martyr. They're there, you know, to put everyone ahead of them. But they haven't learned how to receive. So let me ask you that, Bob. How does one who's not good at receiving, and one of the ways you know you're not good at receiving, ladies and gentlemen, is if you're exhausted all the time. <laughs> you know, right. like you're, you're so tired of giving, you haven't received enough back from friends, family, the universe, God, whatever it might be. So how does one become a better receiver, Bob? Because this is really important. Well, the first thing, it, it, it is very important. That's a great question. The first thing is you, you, um, that you become conscious that it's a problem. Because if you right. don't believe it's a problem, you're not going to do anything about it. Remember, there's some people who are martyrs and self-sacrificial, and there's an emotional payoff for them. It allows them to, to, to have excuses for, for not being as successful as they could, for not realizing their potential. So the first thing you've got to do is, you know, it's the old Dr. Phil question, how's that working for you? So, right. the, so the first thing is come to grips with the fact that this is a problem and that it's something you want to change. Then what you do, like anything else that you want to learn about, you find, from, you find people who have mastered this skill. Again, let's go back to our friend Randy Gage for a moment. Here's a guy who mm -hmm. grew up in poverty, who grew up with a, a mindset of poverty, who decided to make some changes in his life and began studying pr uh, abundance and prosperity. Uh, and he has, you know, he's mastered it. I, I think he is, is probably the foremost authority on prosperity and abundance in the world. So who do I study? I study Randy Gage. I read his, sure. blog, his prosperity blog every morning. Why? Yeah. Because we've got to fill our minds with the good information on purpose. So one of the things we can do is is when you decide you're going to allow yourself to receive, start like, like lifting weights. You don't start with 200 pounds when that's your goal. You start with five pounds. So allow yourself to, to accept those little things. When somebody gives you a compliment, say thank you. Don't make an excuse or don't say, oh, no, no, it's not. You know what I'm saying? Right or, on. You know, uh, you find, you know, I don't care if you find a, a nickel on the ground, pick it up. Because allow you receptivity muscles to start, and then you know you can put it in the charity box. That's fine, but start allowing this the the money to come into your life. But again, uh, receiving doesn't mean it's just money, but that's part of it. So just allow all good things. Again, compliments say thank you. Somebody wants to pick up your dinner, fine, let them do it, and just say thank you. Begin to build on your small successes and make a study of success and and prosperity. 
if you really want to hear this again, this this interview I just did with Bob Berg, author of the book, The Go-Giver, remember, and to tell your friends they can listen as well by going to iTunes.com slash David Essel Alive, iTunes.com slash David Essel Alive. In three or four days, it'll also be on our website, Talk David. You can get them either place you want to. Um, and visit Bob's website, Berg.com, B-U-R-G.com. Bob, one of the things I want to give you a compliment on that you're exceptional at, you are exceptional at sharing the glory with people that you know who you respect. And and I share this with my listeners because that is the sign of someone who's very comfortable with the work that they're doing and sharing the stage with others. Um, we just have a few seconds, Bob, but I wanted to thank you for everything you gave us today, including being that open with myself and our, and our audience. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate all the great work you're doing. All right, Bob, carry on. Carry on. You're tuned into America's Positive Radio Talk Show. Much more coming up. We have more. Like, how about becoming more courageous in life? Would you like to have more courage and less fear? Lisa Jimenez is going to be with us right after this break. For more information on Lisa and all of our guests, go to TalkDavid.com. I'm David Essel. Hang in there.